You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. We have a fun collab today as I'm joined by Robert Schmitz from Bear With Me podcast. And we obviously, Robert, we know the podcast. We know all of the people we play. We find that out pretty early, but we don't know where exactly they all lie. And it's funny how important this has become. What just like an absolute spectacle the NFL has made the schedule release. Is it funny to you how big it actually is? Like Thursday night release day, how much hype surrounds it? Oh, I mean, it's hilarious. Not only is it like the Super Bowl for social media teams, which <laughs> finally the Bears put together oh, a solid entry in it. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I remember I heard some people that were like, ah, I didn't laugh enough. And I was like, it's cool. It can just be cool. Mm-hmm. But getting back to it, I mean, you say that, Taylor, about like how big a deal it is to find or to play teams when we do. It's huge. Yeah. Because if you get the Chargers, for instance, on a off of like six days rest and they're traveling to Chicago, which they aren't in yeah. this case, but that becomes the whole like you're going from the west or the east coast to here, or it might be the west coast. I get those two confused. It's embarrassing, but it's true. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that like time change, jet lag, when do you play who? It's huge. Yes. And so finally getting to see this thing on paper and start to make predictions. Can't wait. Yes. Can you? Oh, I am so excited. And I think that obviously for me too, not being in Chicago, I always try to go to at least one game back at Soldier Field. And so my pretty much year vacations are based around when the schedule is released. So it's even more incentive for me. But when you, and also like we saw a couple seasons ago where the bears ended up having in some miracle, every other game home and away, which that doesn't happen very often. I don't know if ever, it might've been the no. first time ever. I think that happened. So when things start to play out like that, you're really able to evaluate. And, and obviously it's early. You haven't, you haven't seen your, you know, new draftees even really play yet. A lot of mini camps have started, right. but that's all you're seeing. So it's, it's a very early prediction but it does give you a little better idea of like you said how much break how much time they have off between games how many prime times they have where they have to travel how far they have to travel within a certain amount of time and all of those things add up and make schedules easier or harder and we'll obviously get to that the strength of schedule ranking but I think the first thing that we have to hit on this Robert is we start and finish against the Green Bay Packers that the, the NFL does that on purpose. <laughs> the NFL does that Absolutely. on purpose to us. Um, so it'll be interesting because obviously we are going to see Jordan Love if we're expect. Obviously, as if health goes well and he plays like I, a lot of Packers fans believe he's going to play, we will see him the first week of the season, and we're going to see him the last week of the season, which to me will be very interesting because it's possible that we'll see very two different Jordan Loves during that time. Also, um, what are your thoughts on that right. starting and ending with Green Bay? 
Look, Taylor, I try not to be that hyperbolic a person. I feel like a very naturally hyperbolic person, so I really try to walk it back, right? This week one game pretty much swings the season, Mm -hmm. depending on how it goes, right? Like if the Bears are going to have that miracle 10-7 and or 11-6 and season that I think a lot of fans want them to have, they have to beat Green Bay early. And a lot of Bears fans listening might think, well, that's an easy task. Jordan Love sucks. That's, that may be true. But the Bears' run defense mm-hmm. is a total incomplete house right now. And the Packers' rushing attack is one of the better ones in the league. Taylor, it's bizarre because I bet you both fan bases are looking at that week one game saying, we can win. oh, thank goodness, yeah. that's an easy one, right? Yes. <laughs> like, both fan bases get what they want. And I'll tell you, to me, those are the emotional ones. A rivalry yeah. game that both fan bases think their team not could, should win, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's a recipe for hurt feelings. Yeah. I hope oh. it's them taking the blow for once. <laughs> for once, I know. And I, I think that's part of it, too, is Green Bay's on the side of this where they've beat us time and time again, so they think it just happens. And it's to them, right. there's no question because they're like, we beat the Bears. We beat the Bears when Aaron Rodgers is on drugs and has a broken leg practically, and we beat in the season where they sucked last year. We're still beating the Bears twice. So in their minds, it's easy. That's okay, whatever. Jordan Love, whoever is playing quarterback, somehow the Packers will find a way to beat the Bears, and that's their mindset. And the Bears are in kind of stuck in this. They've it's been a lot of trauma. It's been a lot of losing, and you, you feel like obviously most of us have only seen Favre and Rogers, so we haven't seen beyond that. All we know is that the Packers have good quarterbacks, so it, we kind of have a little bit of PTSD of that of waiting. Okay, are, are, what are we going to see? And I think a lot of us kind of have expectations that he's not going to be great. We just don't know where of the level he's going to be from bad to good. You know, so I, I, right. it's it's scary to me because I it's you're right away coming out of the gates like you said, not only kind of important for the season and the way the season goes, but also I think it's going to kind of affect a lot of Bears fans' feelings towards the what the fa- the future looks like with the Packers in general. And they just, for once, we want this optimism of like, okay, we can finally beat them. And if they do week one, that feeling will stick, you know? Um, oh, my gosh, please, right? I mean, <laughs> Taylor, I've watched these Bears lose to Brett Hundley when <laughs> Aaron Rodgers couldn't play. Like, <laughs> The one, of, one of the biggest problems with this game, at the very least, like you can't not get emotional about mm-hmm. it. I mean, you, think, you would think to yourself, it is the Bears' best shot at Green Bay in an awfully long time. And yet, they've got a defensive line with two very recent first-round picks. I guess three, if you count Rashad Gary, which yeah. you should. Kenny Clark, Preston Smith. Like, There's a lot of good defensive lines in the first five weeks of the Bears' schedule, which the Bears have upgraded on their offensive line. They added Nate Davis. Mm -hmm. Kevin Jenkins looks like a really solid guard. Cody Whitehair can't be worse than Sam Mustafer, and obviously they drafted (laughs) Darnell Wright. But when, when you take an offensive line that just was one of the worst in the league, and now you throw the upgraded version at some of the best in the league, it's still a bad matchup, right? And so... I feel like fair or unfair, I worry, Taylor, that there's going to be a lot of Bears fans that are going to pin whatever happens in the first five weeks of the season on Justin Fields. They're going to say, look, 
he took a bunch more sacks or wow, he didn't grow. If he doesn't turn into Superman, it gets easier later in the season. Mm. But I know a lot of people don't have the patience to wait six weeks, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, we've seen that before. And before we slide on to some of these other ones, because yeah, when we're looking, I think a lot of people, the hope that we may be able to cling on is looking at both times they played the Packers last year. They looked like winnable games. It just kind of collapsed in the second half. Right. So I, I think they're hoping that with, you know, a better, you know, a little more depth in the secondary, something, at least, maybe it's not the, the strongest defensive line we've had, but it's definitely an improvement from last season. And so I think mm-hmm. people are just holding on to the hope that, okay, if they, if they could hang for the majority of the game, especially that second game last season, because the Bears were winning at halftime last season against the Packers, and it just kind of collapsed later. So that'll be – that's yep. it, the NFL did that on purpose. They Just like they scheduled yep. last year where they were trying to have the Packers beat – you know, the, break the record of uh, – I think it ended up being week two where the Packers could pass the Bears in most all-time wins or something. They do it on purpose because they right. know this rivalry – is probably one of the richest ones, although it hasn't been super competitive. It's one of the ones that still hang around the NFL, and there's not many like the Bears-Packers rivalry anymore. So let's slide on, Robert. So obviously week two, they're at Bucks. Um, I will be at this game. It's going to probably be like 105 degrees, so that's going to be uh, super interesting. We're looking at Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. I'm guessing Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback of the Bucks at this point. And uh, I think this is a winnable game to me. The Bucks have pieces, but their offensive line is, has kind of been struggling. I want to say it's one of the worst ranked ones in the league right now and recent ones that I've seen. Um, they've lost some pieces on defense. And like I said, it's Baker Mayfield. So it's really hit or miss. How are you feeling about that one? The, the good news is that any team that hasn't played Justin Fields yet tends to get culture shocked. Mm -hmm. We saw this last season, right, where you can try to simulate fields of speed, but it's not the real thing until you see the real thing. And let's not overrate that. It's not like that means automatic win, right, Taylor? But it does seem to lead to two to three drives where fields will make one to two game-breaking plays within that drive that end you up with a bunch of points early. We've seen it in with all the Green Bay games, saw it in Minnesota, tons of examples last year. So they've got that going for them in Tampa. Then again, the Kalijah Kansi, Vita Vea, a lot of the pieces they've got on that defensive line in a pressure-centric defense, Bill's going to have to be on his toes because that one could get low scoring quickly oh, if yeah. Todd Bowles is in his bag, right? But – Like you're saying, I feel better about that than I do about week three. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. and so week three, obviously, at Kansas City, there was rumors that that was going to be the Germany game, and that didn't happen, obviously. So I think a lot of Bears fans, it was split, I think, because some were like, no, it'd be fun. Like, I want to go travel to Arrowhead and see, you know, the Chiefs and Bears at Arrowhead. And then some were like, maybe a neutral site would be a little better because Arrowhead's obviously one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. Right. Um, And it's Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter where you're playing. Patrick Mahomes in my opinion it's it's Patrick Mahomes and he's obviously probably um, is the best in the NFL at the point definitely the best on the schedule and by a good amount that we play this season uh and it's that's I'm not expecting much out of that one I guess I'm just hoping like for a little bit of fun (laughs) on the Kansas City game the good news with the Kansas City game is that the Bears should be running a cover two defense Okay. which is pretty much the only hope that they've got. Look, I'm not about to tell you guys here with a straight face, oh, the Bears have a chance. But at the same time, with DJ Moore in the, uh, in the receiving room, with Justin Fields doing wild things, you just never know in a shootout. 
right? Because going back to week one with Jordan Love, same thing applies with Patrick Mahomes. With Eddie Jackson in your defensive secondary, if he picks you off, that can create a 14-point swing in the right conditions. Mm -hmm. That massively shifts the football game. But, yeah, without winning the turnover battle, I think we can safely pencil in an L and feel comfortable with that. (laughs) And if we get a win – Great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's yeah, it's definitely one of the games where we have to hope and at this point I think that's the biggest question mark is the pass rush for me of what was fixed in this offseason. And I don't see it. There's rumors that, you know, that's for another podcast, but rumors that Poles may be cooking something up and adding an edge guy or whatever. There's still time. But I think that's one of the games that you definitely want to you want to rattle Patrick Mahomes as much as you can, and that's hard to do, but it's definitely one of the games you want to do that. So then right after that, uh, the next week, we have uh, we host the Broncos. So this one, obviously interesting. Right. Russell Wilson, terrible season last year. I'm not expecting him to have another season the way he did last year. It was really weird. You started, right. you started seeing things shift uh, once Nathaniel Hackett was fired and he was starting to play a little better towards the end of the season. I'm expecting more of that because to me it's just wild to see Russ go from one of the better quarterbacks to one of the worst quarterbacks and it just doesn't line up to me. So, And obviously the Denver defense can be dangerous in certain aspects, uh, but it's home. So I think also this is a game that you, you have the potential to win. You just, again, have to be able to figure out – you have to get to Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, Taylor – Are there two bigger question marks in the 2023 NFL landscape than the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears? Like, you've got one team that added an absolute mountain's worth of pieces in Chicago, adding obviously DJ Moore. But technically, if you really wanted to stretch it, you could say Chase Claypool is going to get his first offseason with the Chicago Bears, added Roshan Johnson, overhauled the passing game, added Darnell Wright, added two premier linebackers, added another corner, overhauled the defensive line, and they're not even done yet, right? So you've got one team in massive flux, and then you've got another team that can't possibly be as bad as they were last year, right? <laughs> right. But, but at the same time, how much better do they get? So to me, this is a game that you're absolutely right. If Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson, the Bears could be in trouble. But at the same time, father time comes for every quarterback eventually. Mm-hmm. And how many more seasons does Russ have left in him? I have no idea how yeah. this one will go. But it's another big swing in the Bears' schedule where all of a sudden you could be looking at three and one or you could be one and three in a hurry, right? Yeah. Well, and that's what I I don't know what all I think they, they added a major one of the major offensive linemen, right? They were one of the teams that added right. um because and obviously a defensive linemen and a bunch of other people. That's what I remember so them kinda of, they were pretty they, yes, and they they were pretty popular in free agency of adding a bunch of things and Russ also sat at the top with Justin Fields being the most sacked. So they knew they had to address that and they did. And I remember Bears fans being kind of upset because they wanted uh, certain guys, and they didn't get them, and the Broncos went and got oh, – did they get McGlinchey? Is that who they got? I'm trying to remember. I think um, so. Yeah, so it was one of the guys that the Bears fans wanted. So they obviously knew, okay, we have to protect Russell Wilson, and they did that. Uh, so you move on the next week. This is a, a kind of a revenge game of the worst game they played last season, probably one of the worst, uh, against Washington in primetime football last year. And we have primetime football against Washington again oh. this season. Um, again, I mean – Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett are potentially the quarter. I mean, I guess they are the quarterbacks at this point for Washington. You have to win this game. Oh, I mean, yes. And it's so funny because in the NFL, it matters that they have Terry McLaurin. They have 
second year Jahan Dotson. They added some DBs. So they they have kind of a good roster, Taylor. They just have really poor quarterbacks. Yeah. Which we know what that's right like, now. Robert. We know what that's like. Yes, we, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we're saying, I mean, if Fields and the offense has found solid footing, this is a must win mm-hmm. without a doubt. But we're looking at a young Bears team that might take time to figure things out. And I mean, especially, cross your fingers this doesn't happen. I'm knocking on wood right now. But if the Bears, if uh, if some of their more injury-inclined uh, offensive linemen like Tevin Jenkins or yeah. Cody Whitehair are already out come this game. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young currently, who mm-hmm. knows, right? Yeah. Who knows? And Montez Sweat are not going to take things easy on you. Oh, definitely so, not. A big defensive line, offensive line matchup shifts the calculus of any football game. But I agree with you. The quarterback piece on Washington puts him in such a hole. You've got to think you win this game. Yeah, because the one last year we saw was a very defensive game, obviously. I think the final was 12-9 or something like that. And so it was terrible. It was an right. awful game. It was a, a very defensive, heavy game. The thing was, that was before the Bears really figured out how to – the next games after that, they scored like 150. 150 points in five games. So it was right before right. they kind of figured out how to really work around Justin's strengths. And obviously this year, more additions. You would expect the offense to be able to score this year. I think that's most of Bears' hope is like, okay, maybe the front, the defensive line, obviously our linebacker room is greatly improved also. So that defensive line's the one question mark. How much are they going to struggle stopping the run? Right. And beyond that, there's a lot of improvement. So I think a lot of people are just looking at it as, okay, well, look, our offense is going to be able to score points at least when we're looking on paper at the improvements. And like you said, barring any injury, right. because we saw a lot of injuries last season. Um, so it'll be, that one is going to be very interesting. Also, it was it's a Thursday night game. So you do have that quick turnaround, but then also after you have a 10 day rest. So uh, the, right. the Thursday night games aren't ideal always because you do have a quick turnaround, but then you do have a little bit of extra rest out also. And that extra rest is leading into a Sunday afternoon game against the Vikings, Robert. And I think that to me yep. this year, obviously they were swept by the NFC North last season. That cannot happen this year. You have to, I want to say even split with all these teams. You want to win all of them. But if you can split with everybody, at Packers, Vikings, and Lions this season, I think that is super beneficial to what the season could look like as a whole. I'm just going to bundle these really quick because the Vikings are, yep. obviously I just mentioned, so week six after Washington, we'll have them for a 12 o'clock Central game. And then the Monday of week 12, we'll have them on a Monday night game at Minnesota. So those two games, what are your expectations with the Vikings this season? I know they are making tra- – that's weird. They're doing weird things this offseason, getting rid of some people right. that you thought they should uh, – that were focal points of their team. And and it's Kirk Cousins. And you never know. We have a primetime game against th- Kirk Cousins. That's favorable. Uh, so thoughts about the Vikings? Their defense pretty much rests in the hands of those two injured DBs that they drafted over the last couple of years in Booth. And I think there was another one named Cine, but I may be getting the name wrong. Uh, but they didn't play nigh at all last year. And this year, they should at least start the season healthy again. So how are they going to play at the NFL level? Well, they just traded Zedarius Smith. So that's obviously a blow to their pass rush. And we'll see if the Vikings are done. Because like you're saying, Taylor, their offseason has been a confusing mishmash of are they tearing down or not? Mm-hmm. And so 
They gave Kirk Cousins a one-year deal, which does not show a ton of faith in him. They yeah. look like they're planning for the future, but the Bears gave up 18 straight pass completions to Kirk Cousins and just Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Now they add Jordan Addison, and I don't think he's going to be an all-star as a rookie, but he's definitely a step up from what they had at wide receiver two in the ever-fading Adam Thielen, who the Bears do see later on the schedule. We'll get there. So I feel like the Bears probably have a shootout on their hands when they do play the Vikings. If the Bears can add a decent pass rusher, a lot of these games tip a little more in Chicago's favor because I still have nightmares of (laughs) envisioning a quarterback like Cousins getting five to six seconds to throw the ball. But as of right now, I feel like the Bears can take one of them it's going to take a weird bounce of the football in either direction, right? Like a turnover that the Bears didn't an- – or that we didn't anticipate or a special teams touchdown or something because both of these offenses, I would say, have an advantage over the opposing defense. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a matter of who catches all the balls dropped to them, who hits all their blocks, and, you know, all the magic that makes football happen. Yeah, and uh, this is definitely probably as a whole. There's We face some really good wide receivers, but as a whole wide receiver group, one of the better that the Bears will face. So I like that we don't face them for the first time until week six because I do want to see this addition of Tyreek Stevenson and moving Kyler inside. I think – it will be because last year that was where our issue was, was that third corner. And now having three guys that potentially can all be able to hold their own and really make plays. And obviously having six weeks in rather than paying the Vikings week two and we're having to handle, you know, Tyreek Stevenson in two weeks, figure out how to cover some of these weapons that Vikings have. So that'll be uh, an interesting one, too. But like I said, it's it's so hit or miss with the Vikings and with Kirk Cousins, and it's kind of hard to read what type of team they are right now. Uh, the following week, week seven, they host the Raiders. That's the game that I actually am planning on going to. Um, I was trying to decide between the Vikings and the Raiders, and I did a, like a poll on Twitter, which one should I go to? And the, the Raiders won, so I'm down with that. Um, but that one is obviously it's Jimmy Garoppolo coming to the Raiders. Derek Carr shipped off. Uh, there was a little bit of drama last season. They Obviously, Devontae Adams return, um, but on a different team in a different uniform. They they have a lot of pieces, but they just haven't been able to really pull it out. And Jimmy Garoppolo is another one of those quarterbacks where, which this is a question I'll have for you in a minute, too, with the quarterbacks in general on the schedule. But another quarterback that's kind of like he's a, he's a game manager, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, Robert. Yeah, the Raiders are a weird one, Taylor. I mean, Max Crosby, Tyree Wilson, like they've got a good defensive line too, but we've seen the Josh McDaniels show before. I'm normally a pretty X's and O's heavy guy, right? Like normally I want to talk about the matchups. I want to talk about how hard football is. I don't want to distill everything down to the quarterback if I can avoid it, but So far, the Josh McDaniels coach experience is playing out exactly like it did in Kansas City a little while ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got his Matt Castle at this point. So are the Raiders going to be able to put two and two together? They were a really talented offense and still have some solid pieces. But you go from Renfro and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs to, well, now we have Renfro and we have (laughs) Devontae Adams and Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing the rock. Like if I knew their offensive line inside and out, I'd have, I'd have a more definitive, like 
prediction about this game, but the Raiders feels like one of the softer spots on the Bears' schedule right now, yeah. if only because it feels like a franchise in a tailspin, you know? Yeah, and there's been so many issues, and this goes beyond the football field, which we've seen how that can affect teams. And now also, Jimmy Jimmy G's coming off injury. How healthy is he going to be early? Will he be 100% and be playing? And obviously, I'm guessing by that time, it's midseason. Um, but also, will he get injured again? Who knows? So it is an interesting one to me. And I think that uh, I was just glancing at their offensive line because I think they have a former Bear. Oh, yeah, Alex Bars is on the Raiders line. So there's a familiar name there. But um, yeah, that one to me is it's a it's more of a question mark just because I do like we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo be able to, like I said, game manager type of guy, but he, he's been right. able to do enough a lot of times. Granted, the last few years has been on the 49ers, who's just completely stacked on both sides of the ball. So that makes it a little easier for somebody. Um, that one, yeah, I'll, I'm planning to be at that game, so that one should be fun. I've never seen the Raiders in person anyway, so I always try to base it around you know certain players I want to see or teams I hadn't seen yet. Uh, so that one will be interesting. The following week, uh, another difficult one. Uh, the probably the second best quarterback we face in Justin Herbert. This is another. This is on the road primetime <laughs> game Sunday night football at Chargers. And uh, so, how are you feeling about that one? I mean, that's the problem, isn't it, Taylor? Like, I agree with you. In principle, this is one of the hardest games on paper for the Bears. But in practice, it's the Chargers. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a franchise that somehow finds themselves in close games that shouldn't be close yeah. constantly. Or blowing 21-point leads against the Jaguars in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, that had to be crazy. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that another time. It, it's all to say that, like, this, this one has the makings of a wonderful shootout. And, I mean, I think I speak for all Bears fans when I say if the Bears go 7-10, and 8-9, and 6-11, but they score a bunch of points and the games are entertaining to watch. I would take that over yeah. the 2020-8 season where they were awful on offense mm -hmm. and limped their way into a playoff game even. <laughs> yeah. So this Chargers game to me should be an awful lot of fun one way or another. I mean, the beauty of where the Bears are at is if you're patient enough to just run the ball, I feel way worse. It's why the Green Bay game is one of the games I'm lowest on. Mm -hmm. It's because that should be a team. With Jordan Love at quarterback, you know they want to run the football. Oh, right? Sure. Yeah. With A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, the Chargers – probably want to throw the football and I understand they've got a rookie and two relatively unproven sophomore DBs but Taylor we've got to feel so much better at what our secondary should be able to do pass rush or not than what our run defense currently has to offer and so a game like the Chargers Sure, bring that one on. I'm not saying the Bears will win it but it'll be a great did you say it's a Monday or is it a Sunday? It's a Sunday night. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It'll be great Sunday night football game. Oh, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, that's what when you look at, because you just mentioned on paper, the the roster for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Gerald Everett. It's like a fantasy football team, (laughs) like pretty much a fantasy football team. (laughs) And so when you're looking at that, you're like, wow, it's just name after name after name. But again, like somehow they just can't pull it out. And it's like the history of the Chargers for some reason. We saw the same thing with Phillip Rivers when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback of the Chargers. He had these insane stats and they just could never fully pull it all together and make things work in their favor for a full season, which is wild. And obviously, Obviously, uh, Khalil Mack will have will have that moment of uh, please keep Khalil Mack away from Justin Fields. Um, so and in general, other guys on that line are insane. They have a pretty good defensive line. Um, Joey Bosa being one of those guys too. Even though I think Nick Bosa is better, um, but we so that one yeah. On paper, when you're looking at it, you're like, man, how do you win a game against these guys? But again, those are that'd be to me probably one of the sneaky ones that the Bears would be able to pull out and surprise some people. Uh, next, though, and Taylor. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The, the, this piece of the season, just throwing it in there, is where we start to lose our understanding of what team we're going to be playing and which team is going to be playing the other team. Mm-hmm. Like, injuries are going to hit everybody. You talk about the Chargers. Will Keenan Allen make it to the Bears game? Yeah. Will Quinton Johnston make it to the Bears game? Is Austin Eckler still going to be playing at his level? Do the Bears yeah, Herbert struggled almost all season like, with injury. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, is Justin Fields healthy at that point, let alone any of his receivers? Yeah. And like the offensive line, we already talked about it a little bit. I'll tell you the weird piece about going through schedule to schedule is that what happens in week seven can massively change what happens in week nine. Oh, and yeah. we're like, but either way, let's keep going. Cause yeah. like you're saying, what happens on paper? Hey, that guy's a lot. Yeah. Um, so next we have a Sunday night at new Orleans. And so obviously this is yeah. week nine, pretty much halfway through the season at this point, And we're heading on the road to face new Orleans. It's never an easy place to play. New Orleans is also no. one of the most, no. one of the more difficult places to play. Um, we've seen that before. We see it every year against the Saints. Uh, but this year, obviously, it, there's some question marks around there, too. Derek Carr added to the Saints. How effective is Derek Carr going to be able to be there? Um, I think that a lot of people are expecting some improvement because, again, uh, they do have weapons in New Orleans and guys like Alvin Kamara and uh, who am I thinking? What am, I just blanked on the name. Michael, he's hurt every year. Thomas. Thomas. Michael yeah, Thomas. Michael Thomas. I was like, why did I blank? Probably because he barely plays. Now you um, <laughs> so guys like that, and that's another side. This is the time of year when injuries are really hitting. So will Michael Thomas be playing? There's there's a chance that probably not. Um, but if they're like a full, if they're full on and Derek Carr's playing like we've been able to see Derek Carr playing, this could be a, a dangerous team. Oh, yeah, they lost some dudes in free agency, too, especially on the defensive line. The Superdome's never easy, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bears the Bears seemed to draw an entire schedule full of the 20th to 10th best teams in the NFL, right? Games where we look at them like the Saints and we say, well, it's not that I'm scared of the Saints, but they're definitely a lot better than Arizona or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're all on the front of the schedule. So a true toss-up game, if you ask me, and if the Bears are, if the Bears cross fingers stay healthy up to this point, the Bears' rushing attack should still be really good. And the Saints are a team that I expect to really struggle to stop an option running attack between Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, 
and the one and only Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Now, if the Bears can start to get their play-action game working, I think there's a lot they'll be able to do on offense. The Bears, I cannot believe I'm telling you this, Taylor, but it really is how I feel. The Bears have a shot at a top-10 offense for the first time in what must be my lifetime. (laughs) And I understand that they've cleared it in points before, but a lot of times that comes from, what, defenses helping our offense out. This this projects to be another poor defensive year overall because what can you do without a defensive line? Yeah. But better than 32nd would be what we hope. Yeah. And the Saints, the, the Saints game is one of those where if you can go into the Superdome and the Bears can get you 24 points, they've got a great shot to win it. But if, they, if it's 17, if it's 16, they'll need a defense to show up. And who knows? Maybe Sanborn or some name we haven't thought about, Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson, maybe they, by this point, are having just a phenomenal season that nobody saw coming. But yeah. uh, we'll believe it when we see it. Maybe, right? we'll, maybe we'll get a couple picks from Jaquan in this game, and it'll help us out Huge. a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. This next one I'm excited for. It's uh, Panthers, primetime football, another Thursday night game. Not the fan mm-hmm. of the Thursday night games I mentioned earlier, but Week 10, Thursday night football against the Panthers. This is a fun one. Obviously, obvious reasons. Yes. There was the trade in the offseason. Panthers and Bears fans have kind of been going back and forth on Twitter about, you know, who won the trade and how good is DJ Moore. Is DJ Moore a number one wide receiver? And Panthers are saying no, and Bears are saying yes, and there's all this stuff going on. And then obviously now they have a rookie quarterback. They went and got Bryce Young. And how good is Bryce Young going to be in year one? Um and that'll be interesting. We saw the first clips yesterday of Bryce Young looking so tiny behind the offensive line, but Ugh. it doesn't that doesn't change the type of ball that is coming out of his hands, and obviously right. he's going to need a little extra protection behind there probably. But I, I think that they did other they made some other moves in the offseason between free agency and the draft to be able to help Bryce Young a little bit out in his first season, way more than the Bears did for Justin Fields in his first season. So it, it's going to be a fun one, though, just because the way this offseason has worked out with the Bears and Panthers. Absolutely. I mean, the funny part about the Panthers roster right now is I feel like I see a studs and duds roster. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people talk about how the Panthers aren't that bad. And most of the people talking about them are referring to Derek Brown. They're referring to Brian Burns. They're referring to the key players that the Panthers have that are definitely good. But Taylor, Jack Sanborn's and what is it, Chauncey Gardner-Smith's, and a lot of the, what was it, who was the one that went off for the Jags last year? Was it Keelan Cole, or was that two years ago? Like, uh, that, yeah, that was old players. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Zay Jones, yeah, maybe? He was the one last year. Zay. Mm-hmm. Zay is the one that I'm thinking of, yeah. absolutely. Like, role players are the ones who swing NFL games. And it doesn't feel to me like the Panthers have an awful lot of them. They have DJ Chark, who's mm-hmm. going to get hurt an awful lot. Uh, they have the... Adam Thielen, who's I, kind I, of like we've, yeah. we're seeing on the other side of things right now. Exactly. The aging Adam Thielen that can still bring some NFL veterancy to the room, but Jonathan Mingo may be their best bet. And it's on a Thursday, yeah. which means... <laughs> You don't, you don't really get to scout, yeah. right? Because on a, on a Thursday, you don't have a ton of time to install a brand new game plan. you got to run your vanilla stuff. And, I mean, Bryce Young had better be a genius when it comes to defeating coverage because any short rest week is going to be tough on him. If Andy Dalton plays, I'm a little more worried than if we face Bryce <laughs> Young. Now I say that on in May yeah, right yeah. so who knows maybe Bryce comes out and wows us yeah. but the fact that if the Bears really do get the rookie quarterback off of such a short week 
I feel really good about this one. Uh, one of the best that we've talked about so far. Yeah, and um, just looking at their schedule, because I was just cu- curious, obviously, they'll be coming off short rest, coming off an, a game at home against Indy, and then they're hitting the road to play Chicago, and then they play Dallas right after that. So there's a little stretch of a little bit of tough. Obviously, Indy has some question marks. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for them quite yet either. Um, but th- that's when you always have to look at, you know, like what are these – who are they playing before? Who are they playing after? Are they going to – because sometimes right. you'll see these guys surprise, you know, upset a team the week before. Like, for example, if we go on the road and beat the Saints at Superdome, or what happens in that short rest and right. the time to the Panthers? Are, are they worn out? Luckily, it's at home, so you don't have to travel. That's definitely a benefit for the Bears. Um, that one, I, I just think that game's going to be a whole lot of fun uh, just because of this little baby rivalry that had grown over this offseason. Uh, so <laughs> so next, Robert, is the Lions. Uh, the first time we face the Lions this season is going to be in Week 11. Uh, we play them twice, We pretty close together. Week 11, Week 14, we play the Lions both. 12 o'clock games, uh, first one at Lions, next one at home against the Lions, and the, that second one at home against the Lions is right after our bye week, so a little bit of rest there. Right. But it, this one, obviously, the Lions is another team when you look at their roster on paper. You're just like, man, that this, this team, especially at least offensively, is really, really good. And despite Jared Goff, people can say what they want about Jared Goff, but he played very well last season, and you've seen Jared Goff be able to do that. But just the weapons around him and what he's able to do and all of the moves that they made, obviously this is David Montgomery's probably, if he wants his revenge game, his favorite game, he's most looking forward to the video on Twitter that went uh, that was kind of floating around. Uh, there's a lot of things, and now obviously Amon Ra kind of made some shot, took some shots right. at Bears fans. There is a lot of going, a lot going into these Lions games this season. I think the first one's going to go pretty badly. Okay. Like that, it, don't don't take that as like I don't know gospel. It's more that to your point, the Bears have an awfully long trek before their bye week, and they hit Detroit in the thick, but not at the end of all of that mess so they're coming off of I I think they do get some short rest which should work in their favor right Mm -hmm. but the Lions all of their draft picks should help them in year one Mm -hmm. more so than let's say year three year five like the Bears drafted a bunch of players let's talk about like I'll make a short mention of Darnell Wright Taylor I don't know if Darnell Wright is going to be any good next year a lot of rookie tackles aren't in two years in three years we sure hope he's a top 10 tackle. But next year, I don't know. Jameer Gibbs, oh my gosh. Instant addition to an already venomous Detroit offense, right? Mm-hmm. So if they, if they stay healthy, then we'll see. But I'll tell you what. This is the Lions we're talking about, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this isn't just the Bears fan in me. <laughs> I have watched Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, and Calvin Johnson yeah. fail to make the playoffs. Oh, like yeah. this is this is a stacked Detroit uh, offense, but I mean, go all the way back to Jamison Williams getting suspended for six weeks. Oh, yeah. Weird stuff happens in Detroit. Oh, I yeah. have watched them squander advantages my entire life. <laughs> so who's to say they can't do it again? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you asked me to write down a prediction on paper, I think the Bears have a much better shot at them the second time. 
even in Soldier Field. I think emotions are going to get the best of everybody and that the Detroit Lions are going to come out with a lot of force in that first game. But you give the Bears a week to lick their wounds and and plan for a revenge game. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bears have more to offer in Motown but we'll see. Yeah, right? and when you're looking at theirs too, just uh, their schedule. So they're coming off a road trip against the Chargers when, uh, and then they host us. So it's they're at Chargers, home against us. So they then they put they got a big travel day. Yes. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and then uh, then they host Green Bay. Then they head on the road to the Superdome. So they have a stretch of games too, where they're probably looking at that and saying, "Man, this, this is going to be a tough stretch." But in their heads, they're like. Okay, we can do that. We can be the Bears twice. We can be the Packers and the Saints. Who knows? You know, so they're looking at that as probably a, a stretch of games where it's very winnable for them. And they obviously we talked about all of the pieces that they have on their offense. But yes, it's all it's the Lions. And until the Lions do not do Lion things, people are going to say that. Right. It's the same with the Browns. Um, but yeah, so we have that. Uh, we've got the Lions. We mentioned the Vikings on Monday Night Football. The week after Week 12 at Vikings Monday Night Football, we mentioned that one. Then our bye week. Another late bye week. I hate it. Week 14 bye week last year. Yep. I felt like took forever. By the Ridiculous. time we got there, everyone w- I, I feel like half our team was hurt, if not more than half our team was hurt. Everyone was banged up. There was no – you felt like the energy was getting lost at this right. point, and they, it, they were just wiped out. I do not like having a bye week this late. Um, I get it. Not everybody can have those week 8, 9, 10 bye weeks, which are probably the more ideal time slot to have them. But that's when it lies. So then, like yep. I mentioned, right after the bye week, we will be hosting the Lions. And then the next week, this is a TBD time right now, uh, but week 15 at Browns. Another another weird one, Deshaun Watson did not play well last season either. Which Deshaun Watson are we getting? The one from three years ago or the one from last year? Not totally right. sure. Again, the Browns brown a lot of times, but it is on the road. And they do, again, on paper have weapons, have guys that this should not be an easy yep. game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Cold game. Yeah. Cold game. <laughs> yeah. This is where we start to hit the really cold part of the Bears season. And they, where, if memory serves, they've got two games in Chicago after a game in uh, in Cleveland, and then they go to Lambeau. That's the finish of the season, oh, yeah. not to get ahead of myself, right? Like, this is where I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears finally get one of those phenomenal, super high viewer, not great football, but it's all super snowy kinds of games at some point in this stretch, right? Mm -hmm. If the Bears stay modestly healthy, Taylor, it should help them a lot that the Bears have the bones of a fabulous running football team. I mean, my favorite part about this is that Justin Fields is a bit contact averse. Mm -hmm. I want that in a quarterback, Taylor. Oh, yeah. the Bears aren't running a lot of the stuff that Lamar and the Ravens have popularized over the years, like quarterback power kinds of stuff. They ran it a little bit last year, but it seemed like they wanted to avoid it when they could. So hopefully the Bears stay healthy because a two to a two to three threat running attack is going to be messy come the end of the season when everybody's hurt. Even yeah. the guys that are playing are hurt, yes. right? Yes. And so – if you can get Tevin Jenkins, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, Braxton Jones, and Cody Whitehair, any four of them, three of them, to the end of the season, the Bears were running the football with Jatiree Carter in the game. Mm-hmm. So I feel decent about what they'll be able to do. The Browns, uh, who are they, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly. which Browns team is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a team that I remember looking at that Browns defense last year, thinking, how could they fail? And they found a way. Like, 
truly, they put Miles Garrett, they put John Johnson, they put Denzel Ward, they put uh, Joke, like the linebacker. Yeah. They put tons of talented dudes in really bad positions and struggled. So coaching can affect everything in this league. I thought the Browns had a solid draft, but nothing spectacular. It's another game that I would tell you I feel good about, but you never know what happens to the dog pound and weather may affect everything. Oh. Also, have the Bears thrown for 2,500 yards at this point in the year. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, hopefully. <laughs> like, exactly. And if the passing attack is working, I mean, that's the funny part about this, right? This Bears team can go a bazillion different directions. I feel like the run game sets the floor for their wins and losses, but the pass game is obviously the big question mark and whether they can stop the pass is the second question. But I, I, tentatively right now, I like this piece of this. I like this part of the schedule. Yeah. Like, let's get going. This yeah. is the fun part. Heat right? it up. And especially depending, obviously, where you are, how many wins you have at this point, this stretch could be super exciting or this stretch could be a, a fun but a little bit of a bummer because you get it so late and you're like, man, if we could have had some of these games earlier and really, you know, got some momentum. But if the Bears are sitting at six, seven wins at this point, it could be a really fun, fun stretch. And Taylor, so if the Bears have Four wins. Yeah, that's true. Like, you, <laughs> you could reasonably look at four wins, beat the Browns, five wins. Let's keep talking because you really might go 4-0 yeah. in these last four, yeah. you know? Which, speaking of, so the next game we have uh, Christmas Eve game hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals, another – it's weird the shift that the Cardinals, I think, have had a few years ago. Where I, everyone's talking yeah. about how Kyler Murray is one of the best – better quarterback, best quarterbacks in the league, top five, eight, whatever certain people say. And now people are potentially saying they could be drafting a quarterback next season if this this year doesn't go after this next season, if it doesn't go the way they want. When you're looking at it, the weapons are okay. It's a lot of guys that we've talked about previously in former years being good. James Conner, we talked about a lot previously being a guy, and well, you see spurts of James Conner. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, he's kind of on the other end, has a lot of injury issues off and on. We saw he was suspended last season, so we didn't really get to see him until later. Um, Marquise Brown, see moments from him, but it's it's very hit or miss with him. Rondale Moore is on their team. Zach Ertz is always hurt, but when Zach Ertz is playing, he's he could be potentially a very dangerous tight end. And then obviously they you're we're looking at a guy on the offensive line that a lot of Bears fans wanted in Paris Johnson. So that's going to be an interesting little thing to see also. Um but the like you said, I think that also this is a winnable game. Oh my gosh, winnable is a one way to put it. I think <laughs> the Cardinals might be tanking. Oh. Like look, I don't mean to be ridiculous, Taylor, but this is Caleb Williams we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Rams, whether it's the Cardinals, we constantly see a race to the bottom yeah. when a phenomenal quarterback prospect shows themselves. And with Kyler Murray missing an entire year, it's a good time to do it if you're the Cardinals. And so I'm not saying I know. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears get to Week 16 here and you not only are you getting a warm-weather team that comes from the Midwest. And, look, I've spent my entire life just about in Dallas, Taylor. People can keep saying that warm-weather teams play just fine in the cold. They do not. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals come into Chicago, they get uh, they, they get rocked <laughs> in yeah. the cold weather in a, in a game where they really struggle to score. Because like you're saying – Buda Baker may not be on this team long term. Yep. They just lost Zach Allen on the defensive line. Like a lot of the guys that they have are 
solid, but they don't have a complete roster, and I'm not convinced they want one. So as dangerous as a guy like Hollywood Brown is, who is their quarterback in the the face of Kyler Murray? Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, honestly. Like who is, who's starting for them? Do we know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think we're assuming it's him, but <laughs> if it's not, right. Kyler, you're saying? I, like, it, by week 14, is I don't it know Kyler Murray? rushing Kyler yeah. back from, a, from an ACL. Yeah. Like, those and are so ACL we got things. Colt McCoy behind that. <laughs> Colt. Yes. Good old Colt. Good old Colt. <laughs> and that's if he gets through a year where he, un, or kind of like Justin Fields last year, doesn't have a ton of protection in front of him, and he's it. So the Bears may end up getting Arizona's QB3. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You never know how this stuff works. And, I mean, even P.J. Walker might be able to beat that team if something happens to Justin Fields in one of these. Yes. And uh, so, uh, and speaking of, I guess, questionable questions on the roster or questions surrounding a quarterback, the following week, Week 17, we have the Falcons, who will either be facing Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. Um, So that one's interesting also because those are two quarterbacks I'm not scared of whatsoever. It is, we will have a Bijan Robinson versus Roshan, their kind of battle, which that'll be kind of fun. There's little highlights in this. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is one of the best players, one of the best tight ends in the league, but who's throwing to him. We don't even know who's going to be throwing to him at that time. Uh, The the Falcons are interesting because they really did try to make some moves this offseason. At everything except for quarterback, I feel like they were they were adding a lot of pieces defensively. Right. They added Clayus Campbell, obviously, who's also kind of on the other end. But it'll be it, they have pieces around Jeff Akuda, all of these guys. But they just feel I feel like they did everything except the quarterback position. I don't know if that means they have faith in Desmond Ritter or, like you said, is this one of the teams that are trying to go after Caleb Williams? I don't know, especially because if the Bears were playing in Atlanta this would be a completely different game, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Like, I don't want I don't, I to don't sound like another Bears podcaster, Taylor, talking about bear weather. <laughs> but you're talking about a dome team from Georgia oh, yeah. walking into Soldier Field, and they probably need to throw the ball at some point, mm-hmm. right? Like, the Bears are probably going to play eight in the box. They've got an unfortunate amount of experience playing eight in the box after 2022. And you got to think you can slow down B. John Robinson just enough to give a couple third and fours, yeah. third and fives. Think the uh, the Bears-Seattle game in Seattle a couple years ago with Nick Foles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you, you don't have to put them in third and eight, third and ten. Just slow down the rush enough to make them throw it in the cold a little bit. And then Drake London's only going to get you so far. I like London a lot. Yeah, but me too. one receiver, a passing game does not make, right? Mm-hmm. So – this feels to me where, again, if the Bears are healthy, big if, uh, they should be able to beat the healthy Falcons team because home field advantage, I imagine, will mean a lot more to the to Chicago in this one than it would if they were hosting a team like Green Bay, Minnesota, or Detroit. Yeah, and yeah, and I agree. I think that, to me, the Falcons one is one of the ones where I feel you're looking at the end when you mentioned, you know, it could – Pretty easily be four wins straight to end the season, but obviously you have to close that off with the Packers, which we we mentioned earlier. But the Falcons game to me Ooh. also sometimes feels like a sneaky one where you're like, okay, this one like 
we should win this one. And then you get there and you're like, oh, man, like you said, what weather is playing in? How healthy is everybody? Is Tevin in the game? How much protection does Justin have? There's all these factors that start coming into that point of the season. Um, that game is also a New Year's Eve game. So we have a Christmas Eve, a New Year's Eve, four prime times, two Thursdays, um, a very interesting schedule. And so I want to start wrapping this up a little bit, Robert. Obviously, when we're yep. going through the list of quarterbacks, it's very interesting that the Bears' strength of schedule, they were ranked eight, 18th. So I get middle of the pack-ish for the strength, which is interesting to me because right. we always say we won three games. We were the worst team in the league last year. Somehow the Vikings and Lions and Packers have way easier schedules than we do. But um, we, and I think that's as a whole just kind of like the teams we face because we named a lot of weapons, a lot of really good, talented football players we are going to be facing. But when you look at the quarterbacks the Bears are facing outside of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, there's a lot of question marks. Jordan Love, obviously. Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson, which one are we getting? Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett? Don't even know. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Jimmy Garoppolo, which one are we getting? Derek Carr, what's going to be happening with that? A, a rookie and young. Jared Goff, obviously, we talked about that. Um, so we get him, Goff and Kirk twice, obviously. Deshaun Watson, which Watson are we getting? Kyler Murray, there's questions there. Uh, Riddler, Heineke, don't know who's playing there. And then Love again to end. So it's honestly, when you're looking at the quarterbacks, it's we have a lot of mid or questions around the quarterbacks the Bears yep. are facing, and you have to take you have to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Now we did do this last year because <laughs> the Bears quarterback that the Bears quarterbacks that they faced last year weren't very good either. And the one of the only three teams that they beat was one of the best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Football gets weird, yeah. right? To me, this will come down to can the Bears stop and stop the run well enough to force these quarterbacks to play a feature role, yeah. right? Let's use Green Bay as an example. I think there's a much better chance that Green Bay doesn't actually have to make love win them the game than Bears fans want to admit. But against Las Vegas, I don't think the same is true for Jimmy Garoppolo. Do I think love is better than Jimmy G? Honestly, at this point, Taylor, I don't. But when you can give a quarterback the protection that a really solid run and play action offense can give them, like what the Packers are running, it changes the math a little bit. If the Bears can feature these quarterbacks, I feel like their defensive prospects get a lot better, even if these guys have all day to rush or to throw the ball, which we'll see what Ryan Poles is able to pull off, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of cut candidates happen? I mean, or like what kind of cuts are going to happen? Is there going to be a decent edge rusher or two maybe that hit free agency and that the Bears can bring in? Uh, another ad would change the calculus of this defense a lot because yeah. right now, I mean, Taylor, I don't know if they have NFL starting level de or edge talent on their roster. Yeah. That's not me trying to hate on Travis Gibson or De or uh, Demarcus Walker, but I think Demarcus Walker they brought in as a an emergency three technique if they didn't find somebody in the draft, and then they found two of them. Yeah. So Walker ends up a player that is helpful to have on your defensive line, probably a decent run stuffer overall, but it's still not like, I don't know, Leonard Floyd. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even trying to promote the gospel of Leonard Floyd too, too much, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. It's not a great set of quarterbacks, but the Bears aren't a complete enough team to consistently make those quarterbacks a problem for their offenses. And if enough guys grow into roles where they can be that completed team, yeah, they may go on a real run, yeah. you know? Yeah, because, Robert, I'm I'm pretty confident in our secondary. So, like you mentioned, if 
if our defensive line or they add a move, whatever, but if they surprise us a little bit and they play even decent and they're able to get to the quarterback and they're able to, you know, create a little bit of wreak a little havoc up there, put some pressure on these quarterbacks and really put them into positions where they have to throw the ball, I am confident that the secondary would be able to handle that. But it is going to depend a lot on what happens up front. And you mentioned Demarcus Walker. I did one of the podcasts on him in the offseason after the Bears signed him. And one of the things that the guy mentioned is he just hasn't been He's been out there for a decent amount, but he's never been a full-time guy, and he's not totally right. sure he's able to. He said he may be better as one of the guys who plays you know, 40 50% of the snaps and gets out there right. when you just really need him for a specific situation. So if we have to use him full-time, I'm not quite sure how well that's exactly. going to work for the line. Um, a few rapid-fire questions for you, Robert, before we go. So right. obviously the primetime games, uh, we've got at Washington, at Chargers, and versus Panthers. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Hold on. So we've got... But, uh, yes. A Vikings game, right? Vikings, yes. So we've got at Washington, we've got at Chargers, we've got at uh, home against the Panthers, and then at Vikings. If you could name, I feel like I know your answer on this one, but which one of those do you think are the most winnable games? Oh, man, uh, the Panthers, yeah. totally. Like, I think they've got all the advantages. Finally, they've got all the advantages just based on schedule to beat the Panthers. If they got upset by the Panthers, I would be upset. But it also wouldn't surprise me if the Bears have a little bit more of an edge in that Minnesota game than I think we realize. Minnesota could, what, like spin out mm-hmm. by, what, week seven this year? So we'll see what happens there. But or maybe, the, one, or maybe the ball bounces the opposite way for once because the Vikings – their point differential was terrible last year, and somehow they were winning all of their one point, like their one score games, yep. and it was the complete opposite for the Bears. That doesn't happen. That's not easy to do. The way that it bounced for no. the Vikings last season, that will not. It's not going to happen again. The chances are very, very, very rare. Um, so another one. Who is there a game outside of Green Bay? Because I feel like that's the easy choice, but that you just really want to win. Hmm. If I got to choose, I want to beat the Lions in Motown. Okay. The Bears, last time they went to Motown, they lost, what, 10 to 41. Yeah. And Lions fans have been undressing Bears fans ever since with that scoreline. And I would love to beat them there. Beating Jordan Love or whatever's left of that Packers team in Week 18 does not do for me what beating, what could be. I mean, you're talking about a potential spoiler game in Week 14 where the Lions may need that one, Taylor. Mm-hmm. So Bears may need it too, for crying out loud. So if if the Bears won that one, uh, that's that's my emotional game. As far as turning point in the season, that Saints game would be a massive win. Very winnable game, very losable game. Mm-hmm. If you took that one away, ooh, that could change the like the way the season moves very quickly. But please beat Detroit. <laughs> I don't care how realistic it is. Beat Detroit. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I want it. The Lions fans have been just intolerable this offseason on Twitter. They've been driving me absolutely insane. Um, but final one, Robert. So if they're obviously we're talking about the schedule in May before we've even seen a lot of the things. There's a lot of position battles I even think we'll see during camp. So this is very early. But if you could guarantee one win, what would it be? Guarantee one win? <laughs> I feel really good about that Panthers game. There but you go. If you, made me, if you made me name it, it's the Arizona game. Okay. Like, Arizona seems to me like a team that may not want to win, which is the best reason to guarantee oh, yeah. a dusty for Chicago. Like, 
they, it'll be two teams getting exactly what they want, which, at least in my opinion, that's going to be a fun one. Hopefully, the seat, we are still in the hunt by then. Yeah, I agree, because that will definitely factor into, I think, the way they approach that game also, where they are sitting in that season. Uh, well, thanks for hopping on with me, Robert. Obviously, this was fun. Um, the schedule breakdown, like I said, it's, it's become just a full-on like festivity this time of year. Yep. And the, the NFL plays it so well, because the moment you have postseason, you have Super Bowl, then you're going through everything when it starts doing combine, and you have free agency, and then it's the draft, and then you have schedule released, and then OTAs and minicamp are hitting, and then it's training camp. So the NFL plays everything out so well to where we just we always have football, and we love that. We love football. We love the Bears, we so it's it. always fun for it to continue. But thanks for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Yep. Thanks so much for having me on, Taylor. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was another episode of Making Monsters. Again, that's Robert Schmitz with uh, Bear With Me podcast. Pumped out a lot of good stuff this offseason, and so if you need to catch up on anything, you can find him also through Windy City Gridiron. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is another episode of Making Monsters. Making Monsters. <laughs>